and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Part two of reigning, and um, I'm really, as I was praying and just thinking about it, um, there's a lot of things that I want to share, and I trust it's going to help you to kind of see what God's got for you, what God's got for us as believers, and then how we can kind of live there. Um, because these things aren't just for us, they're also for us in terms of helping other people and discipling other people. All of us are in relationship with people, and so learning these things. And focusing on them help us to help other people too. Amen. So if you look at Romans chapter 5 verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So we looked at this last week. I'm not going to dig into it more. But all I'll say about that is the Christian life is one of reigning through Jesus Christ. And we have to kind of look at what does that mean? We looked at that a bit last week. But another verse, 1 John 5, verse 1 and verse 4. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And uh, everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that begotten of him. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So it's giving us the idea that because we're born of God, because we believe, now we're born into this life of victory. And uh, the reason why we're doing this is because so often we can look at our lives and go, but where's the victory? Okay, Um, where's the victory? Why am I not seeing more victory? How can I see more victory? And um, I used a verse last week which says, uh, uh, John is writing in his uh, letter and he says, "Um, I'm writing these things so that you may know, I'm writing to those of you who believe that you may know that you have everlasting life. And I think that's really key because what he's saying there is that I'm writing to believers to tell you what you've got. So that means you don't know what you've got sometimes. Sometimes we just don't know we have eternal life. We don't know we have redemption. It's unfortunate because uh, that even that, you know, when someone's in a, a crisis of faith, what I would call that is in a sense of they don't know that they're, they're not assured of their salvation. They're not assured that you know, this is my, 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 my salvation isn't based on my faithfulness, it's based on God's faithfulness. We had a couple people over the years coming in and out of Grace Life who, who, who are in that position. And we've seen two results with those people. Okay, number one, they either uh, leave and they never assured. <laughs> they kind of flounder around in life and they don't have a, a victorious life unless they find another church that helps them or whatever. But they didn't find anything with us because they, they weren't here long enough. But then we've had a number of individuals who um, hang out with us and stay here and they get connected to relationships and they listen to the word and eventually they become sh- assured of their salvation. They know that, hey, this is something that is fixed. It's immovable. And then all of a sudden you see fruitfulness in their life. You don't see fruitfulness in your life until you're assured of your salvation. There's a lot that we can say about that. But uh, I'll ask the question for now, what are you believing for right now? So think about it in your mind. Uh, 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 make your mental list. What are you believing for right now? 
Okay? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's important to, to ask ourselves the question, do I know what's available to me as a believer? So what am I believing for? And do I know what's available to me? Because sometimes what's available, what's already mine, I'm believing for, but that's kind of like I'm believing to be dressed now. But I'm dressed, for those listening on the audio, <laughs> in case they were wondering. Yeah, sometimes we're believing for the wrong things. Have you ever believed for the wrong thing? Yeah, like um, um, it reminds me of people who are believing to marry so-and-so and so-and-so is married. Now, situations like that, it's like crazy, isn't it? Like, that's stupid. God's not going to bless you with that. You know, sometimes we know a bit, but uh, there are, are sometimes things distracting us, and that's what's preventing our fruitfulness. So sometimes we might be believing for the wrong thing. Sometimes we're believing for something, and it's the right thing. But maybe there's some distractions that are causing us not to get to where we need to be. Does it make sense? This next verse, Mark chapter 4, verse 19, the parable of the soil and the, uh, the, the seed, the sower sows the word. And it says, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So, you know, what we learn there is that um, what we focus on uh, really, how did I put it there? We, we allow to have authority in our lives. What we focus on, we're allowing to have authority in our lives. It just shows you if you're focusing on the Word, then you're giving the Word authority in your life. And uh, sometimes it's not the, like we're focusing on the Word, but what's countering that is the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, a lust for other things. So it's like other things are actually the things that are distracting us. I, I like to call them destiny distractions and that they're pulling you away from what God's called you to and your inheritance, what God's given you. And you're rather distracted by a bunch of things but not distracted with the Word. So focus, what we can learn from that, helps to bring fruitfulness. It's like gardening. Focus helps to bring fruitfulness. Okay? It's the same thing at work, right? You focus and all of a sudden there's some fruit. <laughs> Hopefully. If you focus correctly. If you don't focus, then what? You might find yourself at home without a job. So, fruitfulness comes from focus. So let's, uh, let's, let's change gears and, and look at what is normal Christianity. I thought uh, this is a good building block in terms of reigning. Because um, you get different kind of... Uh, maybe uh, approaches here, but if we read the Bible and we believe it, then the Christian life should be very different from just a normal life. Okay, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, it basically says that uh, the Christian is alive and the non-Christian is dead. <laughs> so it means that for us who are alive, there should be something different about us compared to unbelievers, right? So we've been made alive, we've been quickened, the unbeliever is still dead in their sins. So there should be a big difference between them. So what does that look like then in our lives? So from uh, School of the Believer, four points for salvation. If you've done School of the Believer, what's the first one? Our problem. Okay, so we have a problem and the problem is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We'll look at that verse in a moment. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And then what's the second point? God's solution. Someone's getting a, a, a prize here. <laughs> Extra uh, close seats in heaven. 
So God's uh, solution, and this is that God came down in the likeness of man and uh, died in our place, rose from the dead to redeem us and to give us new life. Okay, He took what we deserved and gave us what He uh, deserved. Then, the third point? Our response. Thank you, uh, Lucas. He's trying to get closer here. Our response. So that means we res- how we respond to the gospel determines the next step. Okay? And then the last one? The results of the gospel. And this is what the gospel makes us. Okay? We, when we believe, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When we believe, we become children of God. When we believe, we become new creations. When we believe, we become one with God. When we believe, we become His dwelling place for eternity. Okay? So that's the gospel in four points. And what's awesome about that is that's true of you now. You know, knowing everyone in the room and trusting that you're saved. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 some of you look like it. You know, what I would say is that we, 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 we're full of God. But we don't always feel like it, right? We don't always look like it. So we need to be, uh, become aware, become conscious of our spiritual reality more and more. But when you, look, when you think about this, let me read that again. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a child of God. You're a new creation. You're one with God and you're His dwelling place. Surely that should change something in the natural. I mean, that's all spiritual realities. But surely something in the natural should be affected by that reality in the spiritual. That's what we're looking at tonight as well. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 24 from ESV. But now the righteousness of God has been made manifest apart from the law... So you couldn't get God's righteousness through the law. Okay? And then he says, I love this, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So what he's saying there is the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, the Old Testament was um, not showing us how to become righteous, but was pointing us towards righteousness, pointing us towards Jesus. They were testifying about the coming Messiah. Okay? Then in verse 22, the righteousness of God... Through faith in Jesus Christ, for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, if you've heard us talking about that, you know that that's not talking about um, uh, uh, you lack something. Oh, no, that does mean you lack something. You fall short and you lack something. Not you fall short in that you're trying hard, but you just can't make it. So it's like you know, the, the ceiling is pretty high in this building. It's... Fall short of the glory of God doesn't mean you're trying to touch the ceiling so that you can live and you just couldn't do it. So now Jesus comes to pick you up and help you touch the... It's a nice story, but that's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is, in accounting terms, you lack something. You lack the legs to jump or something like that. I don't know. You lack energy. You lack strength. You couldn't do it. You, and, but what does that verse say that we lacked? We all sinned and fall short of... You lack the glory of God. So that's what mankind lacked, was glory. The glory of God, His Spirit. Okay, and Jesus came to fill you with His glory. Then, it says in verse 24, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I love that. He's saying that we've been made right by grace, by faith in His grace. Not by what we do, not by works, not by effort, but by grace. Okay, so that's salvation. But when we think about this salvation, it's really just, um, uh, 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 it's eternal life. You know, for God so loved the world, 
so that all who believe would have eternal life, everlasting life. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. This is about what this, the, the gospel has made us. And this says that you know, you're the temple of the Spirit of God. You're His dwelling place. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Him. So now if you're His dwelling place, according to this verse and many others, then that's salvation. You didn't come here to meet with God. You came here to meet with us. Because <laughs> you can meet with God at home. But there's something special when we come together, right? So the Christian life is the Spirit of God in you now and for eternity. That's, that, that's what the Christian life is. It's spiritual more than it is material. But because we live in this world, we have a, a deep appreciation for material, so we would love the gospel to be material. And so a lot of people make the gospel material. But the gospel is about, hey, you were dead in your sins. You know, is an unbeliever literally dead? No. They breathe, they talk, they cause problems, they don't cause problems. They, you know, they're their own entity, they do things, they don't do things. But they're not like a corpse. But spiritually speaking, it's like they're a corpse, right? So that shows us that, that what Jesus came to accomplish was more than just something material. More than just something natural. It was something in the supernatural. Okay? But it does affect us in the here and now. Because if we think about what the Gospels made us, that means something has to change here. Something has to shift. There has to be some kind of changes. Your spirit was saved at salvation. Not your mind. How do we know that? Because if we think about some of the things we think about, right? Then we know, okay, this can't be like Jesus. Jesus wouldn't be thinking about this. Then we know, okay, my mind is being saved. Okay, and our bodies aren't saved at salvation. How do we know that? Well, if you've ever had sickness, then you know that Jesus wouldn't have sickness. So why do you have sickness? What's wrong with you, Jamie? <laughs> why aren't you like Jesus and, and free from sickness? Well, we have the, 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 the Spirit of God in us can heal our bodies. We can experience healing in our bodies. But our bodies are going to be saved one day. They're not saved now. Okay? So we need to start thinking according to the Word of God so we can experience this transformation so we can start to live like a child of God. Think like a child of God so you can live like a child of God. Okay? But let's, let, let's be honest here. Even though you're a child of God, full of His Spirit, full of His love, full of His power, all of that, can you still make mistakes and sin? I'm, I'm doing it gently first, make mistakes. Can you sin? Yes. Can you live like the devil? Of course. Should you? No. <laughs> okay. So sometimes you'll make mistakes and you'll do things that you shouldn't do. Does that mean you're not saved? Well, maybe. I don't know if you're saved or not. But if you're genuinely saved, you're going to have some remorse about it. You're going to start to want to change in your life. There's going to be an inner conflict about those things. So at salvation, yeah, let me say this, your, 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 your mind didn't change, your body didn't change, and you can kind of live as you want to live. Still, even though you're a Christian, it's your choice to live like a Christian or not. At salvation, you weren't physically healed. How do we know that? Because... Christians still get sick. <laughs> we still have physical problems. But at salvation, 
the healer Jesus came to live in you. And so there's a lot of Christians, sometimes we're looking for healing out there, but the healer's taking residence in us, and we need to stop focusing on where's my healing. Maybe I can get it from this one or that one, or I chase after all these uh, ministers trying to get someone to pray for me. It's funny, we've, we've, when we've had conferences and stuff, and we have a guest speaker uh, in, over the last 10 years, it's amazing how um, the same non-grace life has come to those conferences. They sit right behind the guest speaker, and they hound them for prayer at every single um, uh, interval, break, or whatever. And um, they come the next time with the same request. Why? Because they haven't woken up to what's inside of them. Yes, you can get your miracle from someone else, but a lot of our problems is because we haven't realized what we've got. And it's good that we pray for each other, but sometimes there's a distraction that's causing us to look like we're seeking it, but we're not. Anyway, we have access to healing because the, the healer lives in us. Last week we spoke about the finance part, so I'm not going there now. So, the Christian life is a victorious one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You're special. Sean? <laughs> You're special. Okay? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what? What's important for us to point out there, which isn't the point of my message is that it says that you're chosen, you're a royal priesthood, etc. You're his own special people. So that's who we are, and that's what we focus on. But then it gives you purpose. If you're seeking your purpose, your purpose is there. Your purpose is to proclaim his praises. That's, that's ministry. That's all of our purposes. Proclaim the gospel and what he's done for us. One of the results of becoming a child of God if you look at that verse, is that you've got a new DNA. <clears throat> okay? Your DNA is His Spirit. Your DNA is that it makes you just like God, right? So now you've got the Spirit of God in you, and now that DNA wants to start coming out of you and start being like God in terms of nature and in actions. So this would be the normal Christian life, that you're starting to look like Jesus, not with a hairy face and all of that kind of stuff, but look like Jesus in your actions, in your attitudes, in your intentions, in your, your, your hearts, and all of those kind of things. Okay? So, you know, 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is according... To His abundant mercy has begotten us unto, again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this is saying that through the resurrection we've been born again, born of God. This means God's character, the fruit of the Spirit, is now in you. Okay, so, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That means that is now part of you as a believer. And it's fine and all good to us to know that intellectually. But in, in practice, in practice, do we really believe that? Because sometimes we'll be dealing with people and we'll be like, the, the, we'll give into impatience. Now, what does it mean if we give into impatience and we're impatient? 
It means that we are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we're acting contrary to our nature, which more means that we're confused or we're, um, uh, 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 there's a conflict going on inside of us because we're being hypocritical. That's the word I'm looking for. We're being hypocritical because this is who I am, but I'm not acting like it. Because you still have a choice to act like a human, even though you might want to act like an animal, right? You have that choice to, to, to be kind, even though uh, 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 you've got the nature of kindness in you now, the nature of love, you get to choose, am I going to love or not? I mean, these are all like a, a very simple examples, but when we get into difficult situations like that, we're in a line and we get, it's easy to get impatient with people and whatever and realize, you know, because you're, you're not in church, you're not going to be kind to everyone, you're in public. You know, so it's easier not to be kind, but we should be kind because we should be Jesus all the time. So now this is basically saying that we're equipped to live like Jesus in terms of character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is now who we are. You don't have to have some, like, act in a way where people look at you and go, oh my goodness, like, can I share the gospel with you? You know, it shouldn't be like that. People should look at us and go, are you a Christian? Because of the way that we're living. Okay? Because of the love that's flowing through us. So as a child of God, like the, the, the 1 Corinthians 6.17, you know, brought, He brought us, salvation brought us into this union with Him. And now salvation is about living out of that union with Him. So Christianity should be supernatural. It should be different than other religions and, 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 and ways of life and all of that. Why? Because it's not just you trying to live different. It's Christ in you living through you. You're living out of your oneness with Him. You're making decisions out of your oneness with Him. I'm going to hammer that one. You're making decisions out of your oneness, your union with Him. That's Christianity. In Him we live and move and have our being. It's not just about going to church, Bible study or whatever, doing some good works. It's about living out of union with Him. That's victorious Christian living. That will lead us into victory in all situations. As a child of God, you know what this shows us as well? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. You don't have a generational curse. Because now you've got a new DNA. That's what we're basically talking about. Okay? Uh, 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 more on that on our uh, YouTube uh, uh, videos. We've got something on that there uh, recently. But now we have God's DNA. How can what's blessed now, because you're blessed, be cursed? Okay? 1 John 4 verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. So I'm laying some basic foundations very quickly to say this is what normal Christianity is. And this is showing us that Christianity made you just like Jesus. And as you are right, as He is right now, is as you are right now. Okay? It's not the best English in the world, but you get what I mean. <laughs> okay? Right now, you're just like Jesus. Not one day when you die, I was taught that. I was taught we're on this journey of becoming more like Jesus. You'll never get there until you die. It's like, what's the point then? <laughs> that's, a, that's a difficult journey. If my aim is to live this 
standard that I cannot ever attain to and then one day I die and then I'm like Jesus. Well, why don't we just speed up the process then? If that's my aim in life, to be like Jesus, then why bother with this life? Just pass on to the next one. Doesn't make, make sense, doesn't it? No. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But no, we shouldn't believe that. What we should be believing is, hey, I am like Jesus right now. Now, the way that you see yourself is the way that you're going to live. And so if you see yourself as Jesus, you're going to start to live like Jesus. That's victory. That will lead you to reigning in life. Because then in situations where things start to go wrong and things aren't the way that they should be, you're not going to just go, okay, Sarah, Sarah, well, this is just life. You know, some things that happen, you have to say, well, this is life, thank God for eternity. That has to be your default reaction in some kind of situations. But in some situations, it should be a case of, no, <laughs> I'm a child of God, this is not going to happen. I'm a child of God, I'm not accepting this. I'm full of God, I'm not going to tolerate this, whatever it is. Okay? So, we should acknowledge who we are in Christ and be more familiar with who we are in Christ than Adam. Most Christians are more familiar with Adam than they are with Christ. You can put up the next slide. This is kind of what we should be thinking and saying of ourselves. Okay? I am what He says I am. I can do what He says I can do. He will do in me all that He did for, uh, in Christ for me. I have His nature in me. His love nature. His creative nature. His faith nature. I am His very child. All things are possible to the believing one. I am a believer. Therefore, this is true of me. This is the kind of awareness or consciousness that we should be living in. Not the, well, I hope I'm going to make it this, this life. And this is you, our best, and God will do the rest. Like, He's already done what He can do. Now, that should be a liberating thought, not a scary thought. God's done everything that He can do for us to live in victory. And I mean, what He did was He put Himself inside of you. He's living in you. You're one with Him. The problem is, we're not so conscious or aware of that. Because of the distractions of life. So now we want to we talk about this. Overcoming this. Okay, because this is, this is a problem. Especially when we come into verses like John 14 verse 12. I tell you this, I like how the Passion puts it. Timeless truth. Means it's always true. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. What I want you to take out of that is the Christian life was meant to be supernatural and victorious. We should be living like Jesus. What's interesting is that we often kind of default with this to healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons without thinking about love. And I'm going to talk a bit more about that in a second. But we are filled with love and we are filled with grace. Yeah, living free from sin and overflowing with the nature of Christ should be our normal. Yeah, what does overflowing with the nature of Christ look like? Forgiveness is one of the things. And yet it's amazing how many Christians will struggle with that, but they won't struggle with questioning why didn't that healing take place. We have double standards by our judging. You know, sometimes we don't see healings and miracles like we know we should, and we desire to. 
But it's amazing how we can easily ignore, we, we, we can question that, and we'll ignore Christians not manifesting love. But we will question Christians not manifesting healing and miracles. But we'll question, hey, that person's not, uh, uh, we won't question um, someone just having a flesh flash and living like the devil for a moment and, and being mean or something like that. Why? Why don't we, 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 we put more focus and emphasis on patience and forgiveness and self-control and we rather, instead of focusing on the, the nature of Christ like that, we, we, we kind of tend to go more towards uh, power. Why do we do that? One of the things is ego, I believe. One of the things is ego. It's fun to see miracles, but it's also fun to see people uh, 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 walking in love. I like both. <laughs> okay? I like seeing healings, and I press in for them. I want to see more of them. I want to see miracles more. I've seen some. I want to see more. I, I don't believe I've seen enough. But what's more exciting is someone actually just walking in love and forgiving people who hurt them. That, that's actually really an underrated miracle. Is, is how we can actually forgive people who hurt us and offend us. So too often we question where is the power of God, but we don't question where is the fruit of the Spirit. We excuse fruit by saying we're just human, we need some extra grace, or whatever the case is. But we, we make an issue of the lack of power, often because, you know, we, 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 we get into that attitude of, I've got the power, when we start to see things happening. And it becomes a pride issue. <laughs> so, let me say this, your life will follow your focus. So what are you focusing on? Your life will follow your focus. It's not just about what you're believing for. I started with that, and that's what I called this message. It's not just about what are you believing for, but it's about what are you focusing on? What are you giving your heart to? Because you can, you can believe for something and focus on all the opposite things. And then it's, you're never going to see what you're believing for. Healing, for example. Can pray once or twice and be like, oh, Father, I thank you for healing in Jesus' name. And then you never kind of give it the attention in the sense of learning about it or praying over yourself or whatever the case is. And you're more focused in on whatever else. It's like it, it, it's counterproductive. We're going to talk about that now. So what are you giving your heart to? What are you giving your focus to? Man is a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body, Right? Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, that's what that shows. The wholeness of man is spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> so many of us would be seeking God's plan for our lives, seeking His will, seeking wisdom to make decisions and things like that. But we need to remember that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, and that all three of those elements, if you want to call it that, are involved in making decisions. All three elements. So you cannot bypass your soul to, to get to your eyes. What I mean by that is you don't just see through your eyes. You see through your mind. Okay, now I'm going to have to explain this. You see with your mind through your eyes. So when, what you see is affecting your heart. That's what I mean. So what you see is influencing your mind and your heart. So you don't ever just look. You're looking and it's affecting. 
Okay? Your body does whatever your heart is full of. Your body does whatever your heart is, is uh, 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 full of. And uh, whatever your mind is consumed with. So we need to ask ourselves the question of, what am I currently consumed with? Because you, you, know, you might be spending a lot of time even in the Word, but are you actually consumed with the Word? Coming to church isn't enough. <laughs> you know, if you're not consuming this and digesting it for yourself and going home and studying the Word for yourself and digging in and all of those things, then it's like, what, um, what good is it doing? It's kind of like um, going to the gym every second week or something. You know, it's like, nice, you know. Your body carries out the activities of your soul. And your mind, your soul, is the control center. The, your, your, your soul is the control center. Your, your, your soul, your mind, gets to decide what's happening. Am I going with the spirit or am I going with the natural? Okay? Romans chapter 12 verse 2 has to be mentioned. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I don't believe that's stages of God's will. I believe that's God's will. And just describing God's will. <laughs> God doesn't have a little bit something and then a little bit more. And it's like that's His will. His will for you is good, acceptable and perfect. Period. It's not stages and phases. Okay. <clears throat> but the transformation of the mind is really renewing your mind. And that enables you to discern or recognize God's will. So what I'm saying with that is the more you focus in on the Word and the more you renew your mind to start thinking like God, the more you will recognize His will. Okay? The more you'll recognize His will without asking for it. Isn't that a nice place to live? You can recognize God's will and know what to do without asking for it. I'm going to have to explain that. <laughs> but your mind... It's really like your supervisor to your being. Your spirit wants to be the supervisor of your mind and, and direct your, 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 your whole being. But so often we're not kind of getting spiritual. We, we're staying natural because of what we're consuming, what we're focusing in on. Okay? So if we, we, we uh, focus in on... Um, if we give our mind to our body and to the natural, then... Uh, it's, not, it's going to go like the natural will. It's not going to go good. But if we give ourselves to the spiritual and we consume that and focus in on that, then it starts to go in the right direction. Okay? Your mind makes a decision, your body follows. So, when we're talking about body, we're talking about your senses. We're talking about your hearing, your smelling, your seeing, your feeling, your, all of that kind of stuff. Your body cannot lead you. Now that's an important thing that we all have to realize. If you want to live in victory and reign in life, you've got to realize your body cannot lead you. What do I mean? Your senses cannot lead you. That's what I mean by that. Your senses cannot lead you. So, this is an important, this is very important. This is very, very important. Okay? You get ideas from books. You get ideas from movies. You get ideas from music. You get ideas from whatever you're consuming Instagram, okay? <laughs> so you're getting ideas and, um, and, uh, from all of these places and it directly affects your whole life. B 
Because you, you fo- what, what are you focused on? And yes, we get ideas from the Word. Yes, we can, we can do that. But it's like, whatever you consume the most is what you become. You can eat a healthy physical diet uh, food-wise. You can eat like your meals are just like well-balanced and proportioned and all the greens and oranges and whatever else you need on there. Oranges in the color. <laughs> and then uh, you, every single meal you just have this massive dessert. Just loaded with sugar. And it's nice, but it counters everything that you've been doing, doesn't it? You know, dessert's not bad. I like dessert, but not, you can't have it with everything because it's not going to, your health is not going to like it. The point is, is like, what are we consuming? Because whatever information our bodies, our minds are taking, whatever we're focusing on, that's what lords over us. That's what lords over us. So, in, in the same sense, you get a bad doctor's report. The doctor isn't the enemy. Okay, the doctor's giving you a report because naturally speaking, the doctor's looking at you. Naturally speaking, they're testing you. And the doctor says, this is what I find. And what do you say to the doctor? I rebuke you, Satan. No, you don't go that route. You say, thank you very much. I, and, and then what do you do? Then you go and you deal with it. You know, and you, you get wisdom and all of that, but you've got to pray and then you can deal with it spiritually and you can release power or whatever. But the point is, is like in that situation, you don't let the doctor's report consume you. It's important and you listen to it because you went and got the doctor's report. If you say it wasn't important or it's not important for you, then why did you even go? You went to the doctor, you got a report. Now listen to the man that, or woman that you asked for a report. And now, go and pray. And now, don't let that report consume your heart. It's important that you make decisions now, because you got the report. You looked for the report. Now make some decisions, but spend more time now in the Word, and praying in the situation, and being more spiritual, not natural, and just looking at the report. So now, what are you focused on? What are you consumed with in this situation? It's like that song. Be careful, little eyes, what you... See, be careful little ears what you hear. Okay, the rest of the song don't bother with. But those two lines, <laughs> says the Father up above is looking down in love. Yeah, that's not important. That, that doesn't make sense. The first two lines is really important because it is vital what we make. We take note of what are we watching? What are we listening to? Okay, if your mind doesn't take superior information, spiritual truth, then it's neutralized by external information. It's neutralized by natural information. It's going to be neutralized by everything else. You, you're not just in neutral. You're going somewhere. You know, that's why Paul wrote and he said, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. We're all living in this world. We're all, like the world is trying to conform us to its pattern in the natural. And we need to be renewing our minds and going in the direction of I'm a child of God. How would Jesus respond to this? That's how I respond to this. But it's amazing how we only do that when we're in crisis. So we're not ready for the crisis. And so all of a sudden we have to figure things out. We need to be consumed with spiritual truth all the time. If we want to live and reign, uh, live in victory and, and reign in life. Feelings cannot lead us. Okay? If you're led by your feelings, then you're controlled by something external. 
If you make decisions according to your feelings, you're always going to be controlled by something else. Okay? Depending on what's happening in the situation. How do I know that? Well, you have someone tell you something horrible about your hair. And if you're going to hit them, you're led by your feelings. Because you shouldn't hit them. You know, if I tell you your, your dog died or your, your cat died or your whatever died, then it's like uh, if that affects your, your feelings and you get upset with me and then I tell you just joking and it changes your emotions. You know, like, that just shows you you're led by your emotions. Okay? Romans chapter 6, 12 and 13. Therefore, do not let or allow sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So, this is the key. Whatever you yield your members to or present yourself to, you become a servant of that. So whatever you are giving your attention to, your focus to, that's what you're becoming a servant of. Okay? If you yield your members to the Word of God, you'll become a servant to the Word of God. If you yield yourself to negative information, you'll become negative. Okay? Don't allow someone else's ideas to determine your life. I'm not talking about your mom or your dad. Or your... your, your, your spouse or whatever. I'm talking about media. I'm talking about uh, uh, things like that. Don't allow other people's uh, 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 ideas to determine your life. I watched an amazing video. I'm, I'm now I'm going to upset someone now. But I watched an amazing video today and I, I was very tempted to repost it and I probably will when I'm not in the right frame of thinking. <laughs> like tonight after church, late at night when I'm going to bed, I'll probably... It's been sitting on repost for a while. This, this uh, former vegan <laughs> was, uh, was saying how she, how she um, 86% of vegans don't stay vegans. And uh, how all of them end up getting sick and then they can't find out what's wrong. The doctor can't find out. And then they realize like, what, what it is. Too late. Anyway, and the point is, she was saying that most vegans start off as vegans, and some famous person that I don't know, but she was saying that most people start off in veganism because they watched something on Netflix. And then they felt sorry for the cows. And then they felt sorry for the chickens. And then they felt sorry for the embryos. And then they felt sorry for the fish. And it just kept going. Embryos being eggs. <laughs> so... The point is, is we allow ideas, other people's ideas to determine how we live. The only ideas we should allow to determine how we live is God's Word and His standard and what He thinks. Okay? If you're a vegan, that's fine. So, we don't allow other people's ideas when we read, when we listen, when we watch to rule us. You know, uh, uh, my favorite example would be something like um, watching a... Um, a soapy, but let's just say a movie. If you're watching the series all the time and you're watching how people react to each other and whatever, it trains you to respond the same way. Because you're constantly watching this. And in soapies, I don't know what they are nowadays, but you know, it's like there's always a, you said something that offended me, slap. And then it's like you talk facing the other way. You don't look at each other when you talk. And it's like a lot of people behave like that because they watched Bold and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless and whatever growing up. 
Okay? Okay? But, but the point is, is we think about someone sitting and writing that movie, that, 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 that story, that soapy, whatever, that series. And now they've got a filthy mind. Their filthy mind comes into that, what they're writing. I like some series. I watch some series. The one I'm currently watching, I'm not going to tell you. It's not bad. But I feel like it's, it's really even just giving me a greater compassion for, 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 for different types of people. And I'm like, wow, this is really something. I'm enjoying that because compassion is growing. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> okay, I find myself praying in the, <laughs> in the series too. And I'm like, Shanda <laughs> Rabat. Like, and I'm like, it's a movie. Stop. But the point is, is that so often I've seen in the program how uh, the writers are trying to get me to accept certain things that the word rejects. And I'm alert with that. And I'm like, that's so sad that they're now trying to persuade me by making me like that person. But I like that person. They just need help. You know? Anyway. So, if we kind of allow media and things like that to um, lead us, we can be, allow ourselves to be led by perverted minds. That's the point. Don't allow other people's ideas to govern you. Your spirit is supposed to lead your soul, and your soul is supposed to lead your body. Your spirit knows all things. Your spirit's in union with God. Your spirit is in the light. Your spirit has direction. Your spirit has purpose. Your spirit has the will of God. Your spirit knows the plan, the intent, and the ideas of what God wants for you. So when you follow your spirit, your spirit will lead you to the best of what God's got for you. And how do you follow your spirit? Well, you've got to focus in on the Word. And you get to know God through the Word. And you're focused in on receiving through the Word. And then what happens is it starts to help you to just be able to... You know, the, the Bible says um, that you may know the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word know is saying recognize, that you'd be able to discern. So it's like in all of the options of life, you know this is the right path that I should take. And you didn't pray about it. I'm not saying don't pray. Okay, I'm not saying don't pray. But what I'm saying is that the answer, you, you have the answer with regards to direction. Not just what job should I take, but in terms of how do I deal with this challenging situation? Some things I want to say about that. But we don't have a lot of time for that. But <laughs> this is why you know, we, we can agree. So many believers are really just living, and, and us all included to a large degree. All of us are largely living below what God's got for us. And I think it, we, 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 in order to reign and rule in life, we have to accept that. That's true. I'm not deceived. I'm, on the, I'm not where I should be. But thank you, thank you, Lord, I'm one with you. Thank you, Lord, I'm on this road. Thank you, Lord, I can, you know, see uh, 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 victory and live like Jesus in terms of love, in terms of power, in terms of everything like that. But let's, let's, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. It says, But God has revealed to them... Uh, them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. So why did you receive the Spirit of God? Answers there. 
Why did you receive the Spirit of God? Last line. That you might know that things that are freely given to us by God. Isn't that awesome? Things that are freely given to us by God. His will, the, the things that are freely given to us are His will, His plan, and His purposes for your life. It includes healing, it includes direction, it includes wisdom. Okay? Those are, are some of the things. And the Spirit of God helps us to know all of these things. So the Spirit of God, it says, searches the deep things of God. Which means, the Spirit knows God's will concerning your business, concerning your life, concerning your, your spouse, concerning whatever, your, your whole life. Okay? Concerning your career. The Spirit of God, only by the Spirit of God, through your Spirit, can you know His will. Can you know His purpose? Can you know His plan? So, and where His plan and His purposes is for you is the only place you're going to find satisfaction. That's the only place that you're going to find fulfillment. Ultimate fulfillment. And the Spirit of God can lead you there. The natural man, the, the, the next couple of verses said, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 12 to 14. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God, uh, a Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we also speak, not in the words uh, which um, man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives the, uh, not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So what this is saying is the natural man can never know the will of God. And you can never know the will of God through natural means. You can only know the will of God through the Spirit as someone who is spiritual. And as a Christian, you're spiritual. You just now need to give your attention onto the spiritual so that you can learn to recognize God's will. Okay? It can't come through secular books. It can't come through psychologists. It can't come through motivational speakers or aptitude tests or anything. Knowing what you need to do, what your next decision is, how to deal with your health and whatever. Yes, you can consult the natural wisdom, but we need to be focused more on what is the Spirit of God leading me in now? Because He knows best and He knows more than anyone else knows. Amen? That's really important. There's so many things I want to say about that, but I'm going to land with this. You know, your answer... Let, 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 me, let me say this first. When it comes to following the leading of God, it's kind of like He's already sent the message. He's already spoken. God's always speaking to us. But it, it, it's His wisdom and everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, I think it is, says that Christ has become our wisdom. Okay? So there's wisdom. You've got the wisdom you need. You've got everything you need in you in the Spirit. Okay? Now, it's like um, that, that, that example that we all know. In this room right now, CNN is playing. In this room now, you know, all these different radio signals and TV signals are going on. You've even got uh, military intelligence in this room right now. And if we could tap into that, we could hear what's going on. Okay? There's all sorts of signals taking place. And it's like that for us as believers, we've, in our spirit, our spirit knows all things. That's, that's pretty big. 
So now we just need to get our mind in, in harmony with that and receive from the Spirit what we need. Okay? And uh, the thing with that is it kind of shows that one of the most foolish things we can do is God lead me in making this decision. And I understand, genuine, I do that. God give me wisdom in this situation. It's like, it's counterproductive because he's already done it. So it's a case of, Shanda, I tap into it. <laughs> God, I thank you that you have given me what I need because it's easier to take hold of something that you've already got than it is to try and get something that you don't have. And then we wonder, why is God not speaking? He is speaking. He's never silent. Okay? So, I mean, anytime you pray for God to lead you, it's kind of stepping into the essential knowledge. In the essential knowledge. Why do I say that? Because you're already led. Did you know that? You're already led. There's a verse, I don't have it up there, it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. So that means if you're a son of God, if you're a child of God, you're led. You're not going to be led. You're led. But the problem is, is we're not always following. We're not always listening. We're not always alert. We're not always still and knowing that He is God. We're not always tuning in and seeking. Okay? So God has already done what He should do. How do we know that? Because He's a responsible Father. He wants to lead you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So He's already made the way. He's already uh, 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 mapped it out for you. It's all written in His book, as the Bible says. So now all you need to do is figure out what it, what it was by tapping into the Spirit. Okay? All His plans, His purposes, everything has already been set. You just need to discover all you need to do is discover that wisdom. Discover what's already there. So it's like it's just maybe concealed. But it's not non-existent. It's there. How to deal with your situation? The answer's there. So your answer, your power, your direction, your wisdom, it's all in your spirit. In your spirit, man. Okay? And uh, what you're believing for has likely been made available to you as well. So you, you're probably just waiting on something that you've already got, whether it's wisdom or whatever the case is. So a more important question would be, in, in, in wrapping this all up, is what are you filling your heart and your mind with? What are you focusing on that you're giving your heart to? That you're giving your attention to? Because that's what you're renewing your mind to. Now, a majority of us have heard a lot about renewing our minds and we know what, about, about that. I want to kind of just put it to you that there's really only one thing to renew your mind to. It's not complicated. And I think, I might be wrong, you might be the exception. There's always one person who's exceptional. You might be the exception here because you're exceptional. In that... Uh, I think that it doesn't matter what your situation is, it doesn't matter what your problem is, it doesn't matter what your challenge is, this is the one thing that you just need to renew your mind to, to be able to see the, 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 the victory that you need to see, whatever that is, to get the wisdom that you need to get, to walk it out, whatever. And there's, there's just one thing. Now think about what you think that is, and let's read the next verse. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. There we go. Since you have been raised with Christ to a new, uh, to new life with Christ, set your sights 
on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I love this verse because this is showing what we should focus on as believers. It's so easy if you just do the, you've got to renew your mind and now you get 10 million things that you've got to renew your mind to. That would be kind of like information overload and it's difficult. But what makes it so much easier is that all you need to do is focus in on the resurrected Christ. I'll say this quickly, not the Christ of the Gospels who lived and walked and ministered on earth. That's not the Christ we're focusing on. Okay? And that's one of the small issues with, thing, with Bible thingies on the TV. Okay? Is that we, uh, we, we watch this and now we have this mentality that that's what Jesus is like now. No, He was like that. He's not like that anymore. So that's why Paul is writing and saying, uh, 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 focus on the resurrected Christ. Because now He's not trapped in a human body. He's trapped in your human body. <laughs> okay? And so, <laughs> he, He's in you, and that's what we need to be focused in on. He's saying focus in on the, the, the not the things of uh, the earth, but on the things of heaven. Focus in on Christ in you, your hope of glory. I like it in the Passion, verse 2. It says, Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm, and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. That ties together almost everything we've been saying tonight. Don't focus in... There's a lot of things to distract you, okay, in this natural realm, but focus your thoughts, fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. What is a heavenly reality? Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a heavenly reality. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is, I believe, walking in the Spirit. Is renewing our minds to the truth and becoming so aware that this is our consciousness. I'm one with Christ. This is how my default thinking. I'm His dwelling place. This is what I'm constantly defaulting to. When I'm in a tough situation, when I'm in a good situation, He's with me. I mean, that's what the psalmist even wrote about. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So that's what we need to be focused in on, is just our oneness, our union with Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So this is what we should be focusing on, not natural things. If you focus just on the natural, you'll get natural results. But if you focus on spiritual realities, you're going to have the results of a believer. So what are some of the heavenly realities? You're full of love. You're full of joy. You're full of peace. And that's not dependent on circumstances. So regardless of your circumstances, you can always love. You can always have joy. You can always have peace, etc. What are some of your heavenly realities? You're filled with the healer. And so we need to become aware, like I for a long time was kind of like, healing is coming. Healing is somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it to fall. You know, I, I saw someone actually like this in the area of joy. Now I've got the healer living in me, so now it's easier to get healing, to finish that sentence. But I saw someone like this in, in a service once, and they were just crying in worship. Lord, you know, let, let your joy fall on me. And now I should have been worshiping, but I was watching this guy. 
And uh, then all of a sudden he starts laughing and he's having a moment with the Lord and he, he's just having a great time. And then I would see him on Monday and he's depressed. Tuesday he's depressed. All the way through to Sunday he's depressed. And then in worship he's like, Lord, I need your presence. And then he starts laughing and he has a moment with God and then the same cycle again. And I asked him, I'd never had coffee with him before. I was like, hey, do you want to go for coffee? We went for coffee and I remember we were sit- where we were sitting and everything and I said to him, I've got some, something I want to share with you that I can, can really help you. And it can help you be constant in your emotions. Because you're seeking a thrill and I can see you going up and down all the time. But God wants you to live like this. You know, and He wants you to be constant in your emotions. But at the moment you're up and down and all around. And He was like, no, no, I like it like this. I said, okay, cool. <laughs> Carry on, as you were. Anyway, we need to be focused in on Christ in you. So put that next section there, please. Uh, Lucas, the last one. I just got two slides I want to show you. So we're focusing in on Christ in you. This is what you need to renew your mind to. Okay, yes, God is good. Yes, God is love. Yes, God is faithful, whatever. But focus in on Christ in you because He's your wisdom. He's the healer. He's your strength. He's your life. He's your victory and whatever else you want to put in there, you put in there. But those are just a few things that I pulled out that I was like, this is what I focus on when I'm meditating on the fact that I'm one with Him. I'm one with wisdom. I'm one with the healer. I'm one with my, he's my strength. I'm one with His life. I'm, uh, he is my victory. So with this kind of focus, we shouldn't expect not to get healed. We shouldn't expect not to have favor. We shouldn't expect not to have good things happening in our lives, right? It should be something that changes our countenance and our attitude. But what happens when you're not seeing what you should see? Okay? While you're waiting for your whatever, okay? Do what you know to do. Next slide, please. Just keep doing what you know to do. So firstly, trust God, not yourself. Speak in faith. Speak the word. Deal with fear, because if you don't deal with fear, it'll deal with you. Okay? Fill your heart and your mind with the word. Pray in the Spirit, which builds you up in your most holy faith. And then keep yourself in the love of God, because faith works by His love. If you go look at that verse in Galatians, I think it's 5, 6 or 6, 5, it says, Faith works by love. And so often we think, now I must be more loving, so faith can work. And if you look up that word love, it says agape. So faith works by agape, God's kind of love. So it's not about your love for God or anybody else, it's about His love for you. So if you want to see faith working in your life, what you need to do is focus on how much God loves you. And you stay, like, until you, 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 see, you, you need to see what you want to see, or you, you, you want that breakthrough, you need that wisdom, or you need that guidance, or that healing, or whatever, until you see it, like, it's not over yet, right? But while you're waiting, while you're, 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 you're trusting, just keep doing what you know to do. Keep focusing in on the goodness of God. Keep meditating on these things. And don't let your heart be troubled. Because your heart is guiding your whole being. Your mind is guiding your whole being. Right? That's what we came to in the beginning. What are you giving your heart to? If you're giving your heart to the Word, then all of this stuff makes it, makes it, it, makes it much easier. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up together. Father, I thank You for... Your love, I thank you for your goodness. 
I thank you that right now you just touch each one of us in our hearts and just reveal truth to us where we are. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.